Hey, okay, so we are live. We are live. Um, Sabaho. Sabaho and welcome back to the Android Bay. Uh, it is episode 111 on March 5th, 2022. A lot of numbers, a lot of things going on. This, this has been actually a very uh, busy week. And I do apologize for running a couple of minutes late there. And I realized I was supposed to go up at nine and it just... It always, always, I, I probably should have a countdown video, kind of like how Juan does it on his show, just to kind of get my, get the ball running kind of going on. Um, I see we have Jimmy Fire Dragon with us, Finn Jacobs as always, and of course, Greg is uh, kicking it with us. Uh, and uh, let me know if everything sounds good to you guys and obviously looks good. Uh, we're back in the studio here. And of course, everything works great. Uh, can't post comment to some destination learns more. Okay, so one thing about today's show, uh, I actually also am running it live on Twitter. Haven't, haven't been, well, I haven't used that destination before, so first time, and I'm assuming that's probably where the comment can be put in there. Um, Antonio Luis is in the chat. Hey, man, good morning. Sabaho, welcome back. Um, I'm, pr I'm pretty sure you guys already know, uh, you know, if, which we're, we're kind of a close-knit group, obviously, so you guys already know uh, this week was MWC 2022 in Barcelona, and I was lucky enough and very, very uh, fortunate to be able to be part of the crew going to attend the show and be able to cover the event. Um Something, obviously, a lot of announcement happened there. There was a lot of tech that was covered at, at the show. I primarily focused, uh, well, so I, I'll, I'll say this as well. Um, Realme was actually very uh, gracious enough to sponsor me to go over to Barcelona. So they covered my expenses for travel as well as hotel. So that that is basically full disclosure for everybody. Um, obviously, it was mainly covering the launch event for the Realme GT2 Pro. Uh, this device that offers us um, flagship specifications for definitely not the flagship, flagship price. Uh, and this is something that I've uh, been really kind of uh, feeling like Realme is jumping in and taking over uh, some of the, I, I'm not going to say like basically that OnePlus left the uh, the entire experience, but what we used to love and what was the biggest thing about OnePlus's main community was the fact that they were always the bang for the buck type of experience. They started off like that with the OnePlus One or the CM device, uh, smartphone. And of course, from there on, as time going on, slightly slow, uh, better every year, slightly more expensive every year. And I think that was kind of like the, the gradual buildup that we felt with them. Well, with them being where they are at this point with the OnePlus 10 Pro, which essentially is the main device that was announced in, uh, so far, uh, we don't know anything yet as far as the OnePlus 10. There has been some rumors and some uh, some leaked information that I saw online somewhere about the OnePlus 10R potentially coming up very soon. But the long story short, uh, we've had a void from OnePlus where now they're focusing on the Nord, which is basically budget affordable. And of course, their OnePlus line of devices that are more of the premium, uh, you know, the flagship experience really has had the opportunity to jump in and enter the Realme GT2 Pro. Now, this device is uh, basically, for the lack of a better term, the the product or the, the, the way I like to describe it is... Um, the child of a Find X3 Pro and a, uh, a OnePlus 9 Pro uh, married and had a baby in 2022, which means we have obviously the 22 generation of processors. So the 8 Gen 1 is in there. Um, great cameras, dual 50 megapixel sensors in the back. We have the micro microscope lens that we had last year with the Find X3 Pro. We do have 8K recording here, which is something that we typically don't get on Find series, but we do get on OnePlus devices. Um, GT uh, Turbo Mode and of course all the functionality. So long story short a great device and starting at around 750 euros as far as the experience what you're getting there this is definitely a great bang for the buck there was a gt2 that was also announced that was running a slightly slower not gonna say slower but slightly different specification and it was the 888 as opposed to the 870 so uh, realme decided to go with a 2021 flagship processor which could still again be easily said as the still a very comparable processor for this year so those are the two biggest things that i was actually covering there 
Um, I see uh, Rogers with us. Hey, man, Life of Tech. Awesome. Good morning. Good morning. Sabaho, everybody. I realize it is somewhat late in the evening for some of you guys. But as you always know, Sabaho is the way we always start so we can start fresh and happy. Um, I got a chance to hang out with a lot of people. I see Ash is in there as well. Hey, man, good morning. And, you know, Realme really brought it and they brought it in a big way. Uh, one of the other things they also had a chance to announce at the same time uh, was the Realme Buds Air 3, which I got an opportunity to get a pair. So they handed us a pair um, and I've been basically using them with my uh, GT2 Pro. Definitely sound really good. Active noise cancellation, long battery life, easy charging as always. Um, but, you know, again, that was the biggest uh, reason that was how I was able to attend the show. Now, obviously, as we all know, the, you know, there was a lot more things going on at MWC 2022 and uh, a lot of announcements from Huawei, a lot, obviously a massive launch event uh, from Honor, which funny, funny thing is, um, in retrospect, obviously, I'm thinking about it as like location, 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 right? So um, where the event for the Realme, the Realme event was happening in Hall 7, which is uh, the last hall, all the way in the, in the where there is basically conference rooms. Uh, and uh, so Realme was actually launch event was done early in the morning. So it started like about 10, 30, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning. And then Honor had their launch event happening later in the afternoon. But Honor and Realme were really like right next to each other. Like you could walk away, you walk out from one, one small venue and you literally are going into the other one. So long story short at about one o'clock honor made the announcement of their brand new magic 4 series magic 4 pro specifically that i had a chance to play around with um, and I actually had a chance to use the, the device outside of the venue i did get a chance to do a quick hands-on um, on the show flow tethered and so on but i think the, the the fun part about it was i was able to take it outside of the venue a little bit they let me borrow one for a couple of uh, you know about 30 minutes or so and I'm really excited to see what Honor has to do, what they're trying to do in 2022 at this point. Uh, similarly, uh, again, flagship experience for, again, more of a, a a brand that is what used to be known as more affordable, uh, obviously mid-ranger, not exactly always flagship, but Honor's basically been hitting uh, above their, uh, their, 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 their basically what their comfort zone has been giving them over the years. So Magic 4 Pro, absolutely flagship in every single way from the display from the refresh rate from the camera stack that we have on the back we have a triple camera stack with a time of light sensor uh 12 megapixel sensor on the front 100 watt wire sorry 100 watt wireless and 100 watt wired charging so uh it seems like everybody's going for the 100 at this point and I'll, and i'll talk a little bit more about that when we get over to uh <laughs> okay yes tk's wearing two watches and i'll say that they're both tick watches uh, this is the GTH Pro uh, that Juan just reviewed, and I didn't get a chance to push out my review for it, uh, obviously because I was traveling and so on, so I didn't get a chance to actually get ready for that. And um, so that video is going to be coming out a little bit later on. So yes, I am wearing the, the GT GTH Pro on the right hand, and I'm using still my TechWatch 3 Pro Ultra on the left. So yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's, it's not the first time if, if uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I do that a lot. I carry two phones and I carry two watches. Uh, so yeah, uh, all I need is connected glasses and then we're, we're good, I think. Um, but you know, a lot of things going on. Uh, let me see here. Uh, hey, Chemi's in the chat. Good morning. Uh, and of course, um, actually speaking of which, uh, uh, Greg, if you can let us let everybody know in the chat, what ROM are you running this week? It'll be great. I think I'm pretty sure a lot of us want to know. I know we haven't had that question come up for, for some time. Um, Ash jumping in with a question, uh, right, um, I'll link the Telegram channel for the 8 and 8 Pro uh, updates TK's tweet uh, to, this, to his video. If there's nothing uh, new, uh, there's nothing new uh, worth look. Okay, I appreciate it, Ash. Thank you. Um, 
the biggest thing I think for me was um, the fact that, you know, just honor. So on top of the, uh, the 4 Pro, the Magic 4 Pro, uh, they also had the Magic V there, the foldable, which I'll be putting another reel on that today. I pushed out a few reels, by the way. A lot of the things I, I'm covering today, um, I felt like I... I and I'll say this, obviously, frankly, there's no reason to kind of put it, you know, I had the, the Realme GT2 Pro uh, about a couple of weeks ago, so I've been able to work on it and put a video out. So I pushed out a couple of videos there, and I say a couple because there's the English and Arabic channel that I was pushing out on there. And then, of course, I had the opportunity to check out the Xiaomi phones, which obviously is the Poco series, the Poco M4 Pro and the Poco X4 Pro 5G. Uh, and I also put out a couple of videos on those as well. So a lot of things coming up for me was I had the opportunity to prepare a little bit more, but I only just had to basically push the video while I was there and actually realistically I was actually editing the videos there I shot the content I had all the sort resources uh, but I'll be honest with you guys um, the trip going to Barcelona or getting ready to go to Barcelona was super stressful not stressful in a bad way but it's just so much stuff to do and not enough time to do it you wish you had like two of you and you'd be able to actually kind of do some of that work so um, leading up to leaving on Saturday morning, I was actually up to like three o'clock in the morning from Friday night. So Friday night leading into Saturday, I was up till three. Uh, and this, keep in mind, mind you, I had to be at the airport at five uh, or at six o'clock. So that's how ref time of reference was. So I was shooting some of that content pretty late. So if you watch the Realme videos, uh, sorry, the uh, the M4 and the X4 videos, you could kind of see how my clock is. I usually have my, my, my clock sitting at the back there. And it was basically that time was in the AM, not in PM, not in early. It was that late. Uh, so it was one of those things kind of going on uh, and, and just kind of getting things uh, going on for us there. Uh, <laughs> can you can you finally start talking about the two things? Yes. No, those are the things. So those were some of the things that I was actually kind of covering. So Finn jumping in saying, can you start finally talking about some of those? Um, I'll, I'll say this. Um, some of the stuff, some of the stuff that I teased two weeks ago have already been out. The Find X5 Pro was obviously one of them. The Realme GT2 Pro was one of them, and the Pocos are obviously out of the one. Um, there are still some more stuff that are coming up in the next few weeks that I can't necessarily talk about. Uh, as you could imagine, I came back and there were obviously some packages that was delivered. So I'll say that much uh, for that experience. Um, I did find out some some interesting conversations going on with, with uh, some of the things that could be coming up later on this month, um, and I'll try to tease those as much as possible as, I'm, as, as soon as I'm allowed to kind of share some of that content a little bit. But I'll say this. Um, February was a super, super crazy month. The beginning of March was also super crazy with uh, MWC, but the reality is we're not done. So obviously there's going to be more things coming out, hopefully uh, things that you guys are really excited about and would love to be able to talk to you guys about that as well. Um, jumping back here, um, Sarvan's actually Sabaha everyone. The Opal Find X3 Pro is looking like a very uh, minor update to the Find from the Find X2 Pro on paper. Uh, telephoto is only about two times, and I think you're talking about the three to four as opposed to three to two. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping that's what I mean. Uh, maybe they're uh, maybe they're doing. Uh, I, it ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, like the Samsung S22. So, on paper, I agree with you that if you start looking at the the information that we from the Find X3 Pro over to the Find X4 5 Pro. Um, design is very similar. I agree with that. Um, and I, honestly, I started looking at it in from the sense of, I actually like the design the best, and, I, and nothing against the 5 Pro and the, and the 3 Pro. Realistically, for me, the leather back on the Find X2 Pro is still my favorite design of the Find X series. Not to say that the other two are not great devices. I'm just talking about external design, the material on the back. Now, second to that would be the Find X5 Pro, not the Find X3 Pro for me. And it's primarily, 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 primarily is because of that ceramic back. 
Uh, and when I mean by the ceramic back, I'm talking about the material that they decided to go with on the back. Uh, it actually has a much more cooler, it's cooler to the touch, dissipates heat much better, and it gives a little bit more weight to the phone and it feels a little bit more substantial. Nothing's wrong with the feeling like a phone that feels a little bit lighter. But again, from using multiple devices and changing as as, as often as I do, uh, the Find X5 Pro has basically been holding a really good spot for my, for me. And I really enjoy using it. And, and again, makes it very... It, it makes it very comfortable to use even the GT2 Pro because, as you know, they share a lot of similarities when it comes to the UI elements. So one thing I will say, though, on paper, it's a little bit hard to see. The Mari Silicon X that we have in here, the NPU that was designed by Oppo, is definitely doing a lot more uh, horsepower or heavy lifting for images and obviously low light photography. The 5-axis stabilization that we have over the 3-axis stabilization that we had on the Find X3 Pro also helps us do much better extended exposure, handheld extended exposure photography. And for me, the way I was able to test that is when I went to California Adventure, in the video, if you guys get a chance to check that out, I did a lot of nighttime extended exposure, nighttime video, nighttime photography, and all of those came out so much better than what I was expecting them for, the, uh, for them to come out. And this is really where the Find X5 Pro will shine, and that's when it comes to photography and video, uh, video recording. Not to say that the rest of the UI is not going to be obviously running great. Just talking about the 8 Gen 1, latest and greatest specifications. Uh, and for me, which is really the funny part is, um, I was I was on like an 8 Gen 1 dry spell. And what I mean by that is uh, there was a lot of devices announced in January that had the 8 Gen 1 on it. And I didn't get a chance to get a hands-on with that. Um, I was at the launch event with Qualcomm in Hawaii, and I definitely had a chance to play around with what looked to be a very... I'm going to say an early version of maybe what this phone was. This is why I kind of said that in my videos. I've been waiting for this phone since December. Is because the phone that I had a chance to test out at the uh, you know the announcement with uh, basically the Qualcomm Tech Summit felt and looked like a lot like it was a Realme phone. So uh, exciting to see, exciting to get a chance to check it out. So I'm really happy to see how things are going there. So yeah, for sure. Uh, the On paper, it doesn't look as it's, it's a lot more, but if you value... Um, I would say probably, you know, photography in low light and photography and video specifically in low light, you're definitely going to appreciate having that capability with, the, again, the 5-axis stabilization on the main sensor as well as the Mari Silicon X, which we don't have on the Find X3 Pro. So those are definitely in there and they will help the, that type of experience on a device. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more also about the the, uh, the Oppo booth, which has a lot of interesting technology showing there. So, but thank you for that one, uh, Saron. Um, Antonio Luis is saying, um, off subject, uh, I just purchased a Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Oh my God, the, uh, for the PlayStation 4 on discount and my kids are now all into it. Uh, I showed them the uh, the Realme Dragon Ball Z phone uh, uh, review and now they want that as well. You know, it's, I, it's, it's really... Um, I don't know how to explain it, but it, it is so exciting to see Dragon Ball not only come back with full force, but also getting all of these new, you know, games, uh, updates, different ecosystems. Like you can play games, Dragon Ball games on the Switch, on the PlayStation, on the, on the Xbox, on the PC. And of course, obviously on smartphones now with the you know, Dragon Ball Legends and so on. So for me, it's really exciting to get all of those experiences. And um, you are, you know, seriously, like everybody that saw me, because as you can imagine, obviously I'm wearing Dragon Ball, I'm representing, let's just say that. And I was the only one representing, I did not see another Dragon Ball supporter at MWC, which is not a problem. But what I loved about it is that everybody that recognized the Dragon Ball saga always called him out by his real name. They recognized Goku for his real name. So everybody calls him Kakarot. So they all know who he is. So to me, it's like such a like a, a transcends languages, cultures, international things. 
Dragon Ball is everywhere. So very, very happy. A buddy of mine was able to even find a restaurant that had some anime themes into it, which I didn't get a chance to go to. But uh, he walked in there and they had literally like a, uh, a drag. I think it was his, uh, an SSJ2 uh, Goku with uh, actually in, uh, you know, blonde hair, fiery. But they made his hair into a lamp. So obviously when you get in, it's part of the lighting that you get the experience there. I'll try to see if I can remember uh, and share his story. If it's still available, I'm hoping he still has that video. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, Dragon Ball always, man. I told you, I'm glad. I'm hoping uh, this is a the beginning, of course, of more things to come. We obviously know that there's a new movie coming out. So I'm excited to see how that that, that kind of goes there as well. Uh, and yeah, don't forget all of the stuff. I missed the number uh, of goshes. <laughs> uh, yeah, my, it, it, Sarvan, I totally got the I think when you were referring to and the way you wrote the question, I totally got the point. It obviously made sense uh, that you wouldn't. Yeah, the design didn't look anything the same between the two and the three. It was the three and the five. So, yeah, for sure. I keep calling it. Uh, I keep calling it the three and the four for me. Um, Earl, man, hope you're doing well. Uh, say good morning. Sabaho, Earl. Hope you're doing great. Um, uh, Ash is coming back. And of course, some of us might get a little bit confused with all of those numbers. You know, it's to me, it's more about the fact that we have to consciously remember that the three to the five, it's not three to the four. So as long as you remember that jump and we had the same thing with uh, with one plus, this is not new uh, to me. It's obviously you just have to keep that in mind. But there are enough things gone. There are enough things that have changed, I feel like, from the three to five that I feel like it does merit a second look. Now, I don't know if necessarily if this is something that a three to a five would want to consider upgrading, but let's say a two or even an earlier generation find may actually consider jumping here because you do get a lot more improvements of technology and software over the years. So for sure. Uh, Dominic coming back in there. The ceramic back, yeah, ceramic is very, very nice. Uh, and it is a little bit, it's supposed to be harder on drops. So that's one thing, but I do keep it in the case. So for me, it's always going to be cased. Uh, and it does give me the ability of obviously enjoying the color. Uh, whenever, whenever I'm just, you know, hanging out and just doing things for an extended amount of time, I do take it out. It does feel very nice. Uh, and it actually, uh, because of the white color, although it does technically absorb fingerprints, it doesn't show it. So you get less of that smudgy look that you keep wanting to having this, you know, wipe off uh, every single time you see that in there. Um, uh, Jimmy jumping in, uh, probably will be used to the OnePlus 11 series uh, as well with the Mari Sil Mari Sil Sil Silicon X. I think at some point we may see that yes I, I don't i wouldn't be surprised um the oneplus obviously was there they did have a booth and they did actually have a oneplus 10 pro surprisingly running oxygen os 12. so there is obviously going to be um what I mean to say essentially is obviously it sounds like the device is ready and it hopefully will be coming out very soon. So having that device with that version of software and not the color OS that everybody's been, uh, you know, reviewing or taking a look at since those were technically Chinese market uh, devices. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing that. But the really, really nice thing that OnePlus did there, which I really was excited to see, is they kind of did like a history wall of all of the OnePlus devices. They started with the OnePlus 2, but I think technically... The OnePlus One was more of a cyanogen uh, phone, right? It was the, uh, the the flagship killer, the first phone that they released. Um, and that one was really more a cyanogen phone because it was running cyanogen mod as the main operating system. So for the life cycle of that phone, 
it was only updated by Cyanjur or by the CM team. On the OnePlus 2, on the other hand, is where OnePlus started to develop Hydrogen OS. Uh, before they did that branch off of Hydrogen for China and Oxygen for the US, they used to just be a unified Hydrogen OS operating system. So Hydrogen and CM were the two options, and you had the ability of picking between one or the other. And at the end, that I think uh, what happened is that CM stopped supporting it, and then, of course, Hydrogen took over. So from the OnePlus 2 all the way to the OnePlus 10 Pro, that wall was amazing. Um, we also had a lot of technologies. Uh, I mean, they had a few things kind of at the front. You had a chance to play with it and check it out. So there was a lot of good interest. Um, but, but we we had a chance, or at least I had a chance to see them at the Oppo booth. So you, to look for OnePlus, you had to kind of find the Oppo booth. And then from there, obviously, OnePlus is uh, part of that family and it works basically the way it was supposed to. So yeah. Let's see here. Sorry about that. Um, so Ash is jumping back. Antonio, Tikita actually got me a little interested in Dragon Ball Z. Uh, nothing serious for now, but definitely slight interest. Uh, and it is passionate, I guess. It is, you know, it's something that for me, it just it screams nostalgia, right? I got a chance to grow up with, uh, you know, with, with Goku as, as the early generation of Dragon Ball. Now, my son's 12, he's growing, and he's also a big fan. So uh, I was able to share with him some of my, my interest and my love. And the fact that the show is still going and came back with the Dragon Ball Z series, and of course, it was a super series that's coming up now. Those are the things that I really appreciate, the fact is that I'm able to share that passion with him. Um, and yeah, for the for the lack of a better word, his collection of uh, Dragon Ball shirts uh, probably surpasses mine to a certain point, because he gets a lot more. And uh, so yeah, a lot of fun. It's, it's something that, again... Um, Every parent would love to be able to share with their kids um, something that helps them uh, connect on a certain level. And for me, anime is the biggest part. So when we did get a chance to go to Japan a couple of years ago, a few years ago, not a couple, uh, we both were like geeking out. Like Akihabara was like crazy town, like seriously. Um, yes, I hope uh, as things in, and everything kind of kind of going back to somewhat of a normal pace, um, I'm hoping that we'll be able to also kind of get in a, a Japan trip at some point in the, in the future. So for sure, very, very exciting and very happy there. Um, here. Um, so Sarvan's jumping in is what's with the throttle and down situation with Samsung the S22 series? Any thoughts, TK? So it's not surprising, and I'll say it's it's kind of a weird situation. Throttling as a conversation has been going on for for some time, actually. Uh, OnePlus used to be in the conversation. Obviously, a lot of people used to talk about the OnePlus throttling certain applications, not giving us the ability of kind of working and understanding things. Um, but the S22 for me has been a little bit of a weird conundrum at this point. Um, I chose to go with a uh, T-Mobile version of this uh, of the one of the uh, S22 series, um, and just right off the, from the start, getting that phone and and starting to set it up and not being able to go into the settings or setup process without having a SIM card in there is first thing. So a lot of changes control uh, functionalities that Samsung's putting into the software experience. This is of course on the locked model. This is locked to T-Mobile. Um, and then, of course, as I was traveling, I started getting notifications that T-Mobile was installing applications on my phone that I did not ask for. Not only that, it doesn't ask me for the permission. It just goes and installs them because it feels like it's their job to do things for me when I didn't ask them to do so. Uh, this phone is not free. This was not given to me. T-Mobile is not sponsoring me. So what and I'm, what, I'm, what I'm trying to explain essentially is um, the phone that I paid money for it should not be basically controlled and managed by somebody else when I did not give them that permission. Uh, but as far as throttling and what Samsung has been doing, this is something that I feel like is it's it, for the lack of a better 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 word, it, it's a way for them to manage what this device is capable of doing. And of course, I, I don't know if it's they're doing it for for uh, you know um, for throttling just to get better performance or better temperatures on the phone since the H Gen One can technically get pretty warm. 
but it isn't i don't feel like it's the right thing to do from any company to just basically start doing things without sharing that information the biggest thing we had with oneplus was the fact that they didn't tell us that they weren't that they were throttling the uh, the apps and controlling some of those experiences now mind you the apps did still function correctly i'm not saying that they everything was crashing but it's a little bit odd that Samsung would do that and not necessarily throttle, uh, you know, be uh, benchmarking applications. And those are that's the little bit of a kind of an, um, a weird situation, right? Because people use these applications to gauge measurement of performance, and then they were letting these guys run, you know, willy-nilly and do everything they want to get us the best numbers. But then when you get the performance, you get a little bit of a hiccup. Um, I will say also the fact that uh, my experience right now has been kind of a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, I'm excited with the fact that it's the S22 and it is running the latest and greatest processor, but the fact that it is a note, it's not that I don't like notes, it's just it's not my cup of tea per se. Typically, notes are what my, my, my wife likes to use. So she likes to use the note. She has the Note 20 Ultra, and I think that's a great phone. Um, I'm more of an S user. So the S22 Ultra was my device, or S21 Ultra was my device for some time. And I always love the fact that it is a large fire, basically, fast performance, large capacity, all the main bells and whistles that I like. This year, I didn't have that opportunity. And what's been happening with me with the whole T-Mobile situation, constant disconnects when it comes to Bluetooth, especially even with my car, which is a weird conversation. Like I'll be listening to music for an extended amount of time. Again, I was traveling for a long time. Um, some of my flights were somewhere like five to six hours, as long as all the way up to 13 hours. So you can imagine I was sitting there listening to music for quite some time and having Bluetooth disconnects when I'm right there in front of the phone and it is like literally three feet away from my face. It made some sense. Um, and then uh, I've also had a situation where I'm on calls in the car when I'm driving my Tesla and out of the blue, it just drops the call from Bluetooth. It just doesn't disconnect the call, but it drops it off of Bluetooth. And then now I have to kind of go grab the phone. And whenever I try to connect it again, I can't. I'd have to shut off or disconnect the call and go back. So uh, long story, again, it's been... <sighs> It's it's a, it's a weird conversation, and my and my hope is that we all will obviously be able to see some updates. I do I do understand that there was an update that was pushed out to the unlocked uh, S twenty two Ultra, uh, but because I'm on a locked device with T Mobile, I have to wait until when T Mobile decides to push that update. Which honestly, at this point, I'm this close into returning my S twenty two Ultra and getting an unlocked one. Or even honestly, maybe it's just sticking back with um you know my S twenty one Ultra. Um, I did get this one bottle. Hopefully you can see that. It's an Android bottle. Obviously not the liquid inside, but just the bottle in there. I'm just drinking some iced tea this morning um, from MWC. That was actually very nice. Uh, a lot of things. Jimmy jumping back in here, Ash um, here. I'm considering trying the Find X5 Pro. Um, I won't, it won't pull me in from OnePlus as, as a main uh, related to uh, basically boot unlock and so on, of course. Uh, but I try different devices. I like to get some uh, some user experience as, my, as much as possible. I think the Find X5 Pro could definitely provide a great experience. I don't have a point of reference on how that compares to the, to the 10 Pro. But I can say that with obviously on paper, at least again, because I don't have a hands on, I, I played with the phone, but I didn't I can't really say that I tested it at, at MWC is, um, you know, on paper, the 10 Pro and the 9 Pro are very similar. So I'm hoping that the experience is definitely better in the software when we look at the Oxygen OS. Uh, but the Find X5 Pro could definitely, you know, give it give the five, the OnePlus a run for its money a little bit, at least on the way I see it right now with the five axis stabilization that we have, as well as the Mari Silicon X, which is not in the 10 Pro. That's something that we didn't get that crossover yet. Uh, so we'll we'll definitely uh, love to hear what you think about it, Ash, um, as to obviously when you think, you know, once you get a chance to check out the five X, uh, the X5 Pro. 
Uh, let me see here. Dragon Ball is uh, <laughs> as big as Pokemon. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Dragon. And that's, I think, really the cool thing for me is like, I, I seriously, so for reference, guys, just to, so you know, the way I look on camera, like when you see me here on in videos is not any different than what I'm on usually. These are the shirts that I wear every day. And these, you know, if I'm wearing my Dragon Ball uh, clothing, or I even have a Dragon Ball beanie that I was wearing at one point. Um, but on the show floor, which is just to kind of give you guys a quick heads up. So whenever I go to show floors, ever since CES, I've been trying to do this a little bit more. Um, because of the face masks and we have to wear them all the time, sometimes it's hard to find people and under know who they are. So I've been actually wearing my TK Bay hat. So I wear this, obviously, to show not only the logo, but for people to be able to find me. And believe me, it's always a great con uh, uh, conversation starter, for sure. Oh, man, let me see here. Uh, what OnePlus phone do you have currently? Ooh, that'll be nice to see. Okay, Ash, we'll see what Ash says at some point. Um, oh man, I'm glad you guys are having really good conversations going on. Opal flagships are getting really expensive. Uh, we're talking Galaxy Ultra prices in the UK. So a couple of people actually asked me about that, specifically talking about, you know, can or does it make sense for Opal devices or Opal flagship devices? And we're talking specifically for the Find series, right? Is it does it make sense for their prices to be as high as 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 you know uh, as one well sorry as Samsung devices? The reality, in I, I want to be very clear about the pricing, pricing and market uh, and market pricing and so on obviously are out, not something I control. But I also look at the value of does this device equate to this other device um, in the value that it provides. Um, and I'll say this, though the uh, Samsung does provide a few extra tricks in the front-facing experience, I feel like Samsung definitely does win there. Um, Oppo, uh, OnePlus, and all of the BBK uh, sub-brand family, uh, and I think with the exception of the Vivo, which is, again, for me, I feel like it's the performer, performance experience camera uh, relationship there. Um, for some reason, front-facing experience has been basically capped at 1080p, 1080p 60 in some, but the reality at the end, the end of the day is um, it feels like most of their devices are focused on the back sensors, which they do great at. This is a big thing. Um, so Samsung does definitely have a few more tricks there where we can record 4K 60 so far. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, one thing I will probably say is from the sensors on the back, I find like the Find X5 Pro does provide me a little bit better. I, I like the color science on there a little bit more than Samsung. Um, if I wanted to shoot 8K and so on, obviously Samsung still wins on that if I wanted a really good telephoto lens. But you have to understand that not, I mean, the telephoto experience that we're getting on the fine, uh, on the on the S22 Ultra is not necessarily the standard of all flagships, right? So you have to kind of leverage what you are looking to use. If you are more of a telephoto type of experience, you like to shoot further away and you need that 10X and so on, those are obviously things that are going to be weighing there. But at the end of the day, overall experience, speed, uh, storage, capac capacity as well, um, as well as the ability of talking about the materials and um, experience, they're both flagship devices. They're truly the best that their companies are offering. Um, pricing and why it's going to that point, I don't really have a way of uh, commenting on it, but I feel like they are playing at the same level. I don't think Oppo is a less uh, less of a brand than uh, than Samsung. I feel like at the Find X5, that, that level of experience, and the S22 Ultra, they're both playing at the same level. They are the best of what these companies are offering. And they're choosing to go into that price point. So I'm not sure, again, different markets and if there may be some subsidies and so on or maybe some specials with carriers. I hopefully that that brings down the price. But I look at it as, are you getting a flagship experience? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly what Oppo's doing. The Find X5 Pro screams the best 
experience that you can get. I mean, you feel that when you use it between the Realme, when you compare it to the OnePlus, um, you definitely see the uh, the family resemblance, but you definitely also see the main benefits there. So uh, hopefully that answered that question. Uh, Jimmy, thanks for the 10 Pro. Uh, we'll be we'll hit the global market soon with Oxygen OS 12. Yes, so it, it I, I'm pretty sure it has to be very very soon. We've already gone what today's March 5th, so it was announced at around what January 5th or 6th, I think beginning of CES roughly, right? So we had that, and it's been a couple of months now. It's been out again. A lot of people already bought the Chinese variant, but I'm pretty sure that the global edition should be coming out very soon. Uh, again, the hardware and the software is already there, so we'll see how that kind of goes. Um, CM, oh man, uh, here, um, hoping the color, the Oxygen OS uh, 13 will be a good, uh, as good as they claim, uh, a, a week back, uh, close to the stock and uh, glory of OnePlus Oxygen OS return. So, so Star, uh, Sarvan, I'm hearing, so this is something that we also kind of have to keep in mind. There's more conversation going around about a unified OS, um, um uh, approach, Sorry. And that means more of a, um, I guess, more synergy between OnePlus and Oppo uh, when it comes down to the software. I'm sure at some point that's going to also be trickling down to Realme as, again, Realme, Realme UI is a derivative of, uh, of, uh, of ColorOS the same way now OnePlus uh, Oxygen OS is a derivative of ColorOS. So we'll have to see how those things kind of come out and how that's going to be uh, kind of moving forward. Uh, OnePlus was showcasing, uh, sorry, not OnePlus, Oppo was showcasing some of their new technologies when it came down to charging tech. Um, they showed a 150-watt charger and a 240-watt charger capable of charging a 4,500 milliampere battery. And this is literally very close to what we have at that 5,000 in about nine minutes. Zero to 100% in about nine minutes. So just for reference, uh, if you've ever used any of the fast charging technologies and within the last few years, Huawei, Oppo, Xiaomi, any of them, you know how they like to show you the decimals, right? So it's like 1%, 1.5, and then 1.6, 1.7. You see the decimals go up fast. Imagine looking at a charging experience where the, numer the, the numerator, not the decimal, so it's that 1% jumping by 1, 2, 3, 4, and hitting 99 to 100% in 9 minutes. It's, it's crazy. So Oppo is definitely working on that. And there's one more reel I didn't get a chance to push out, but they have perfected the under-display technology when it comes down to a camera sensor on the front. They had a demo of a dummy phone, no, no branding or anything. And the front-facing camera was seriously almost impossible to see. And I had to do very, very, like a lot of side view and turning on it with a white display and so on. I'll push that. I think I'll push that reel out today. Um, uh, and just show you guys how well that camera. So I'm really hoping that this is going to be coming up soon in some of the, some of their other tech or devices that are going to be coming out later on. I don't know if it'll be a Reno. It'll maybe obviously another find. Uh, but the, the main thing here is they're trying to push the technology and they're trying to give us a better technology in the future. Uh, they even had a camera, or not this one, obviously, but they had a, a device that had a pop-up camera. So the telephoto functionality, just literally the camera module pops up, you get that telephoto experience, and when you don't want it, you just pop it and it goes back in and the phone kind of goes back to being standard thickness. So also another approach as opposed to having... Uh, you know, having a telephoto sensor without necessarily having to have that side-mounted uh, experience. Sorry about that one. So very, very nice. Um, 
Finn's jumping in. He says, I don't think Oxygen OS uh, 13 uh, will be closed to stock. I think this will be a more uh, a uh, continuation of the uh, Oxygen OS 12 and still be based on Color OS 12. I, I'm, I'm with Finn on that one. Yeah, I, more than likely Color OS 13 and OnePlus and Oxygen OS 13 will be more closer, uh, cl more of a close-knit experience. Um, and again, with a few, few functions specifically put in for OnePlus devices, but at its core, it's going to be even more synchronized with Color OS. Uh, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I, I don't think Oppo starting the, this project of combining the OSs and basing them on each other uh, is going to change by just waiting another year for Android 13. Android 13 right now is still in developer preview, so it's a little very, very early for us to start talking about it. But I can assure you that by close to, by the closer we get to Google I.O., which will be in May, again, a couple of months from now, uh, we'll learn more. But again, the biggest thing here is to keep in mind is this is not a bad combination. It is not an is not something that we want to be able to look at it and say, look, Oxygen OS is dead. The reality is it's an evolving ecosystem, right? Oxygen OS and Color OS for the for for their representation as always, they've always been a skin on top of Android, right? They all start from the same base and then they customize to get to what they wanted. All we are getting now is less of a step process of having to basically go multiple versions. So Oxygen OS may be based on Color OS, and it's not a bad thing. We need to appreciate the new features and the functionalities that we get from Color OS and the color science that we're getting there. And they're still relying on Hasselblad on both of them, both uh, both uh, Oxygen OS and Color OS, to give us some great camera experiences. And it's nice. It's nice to see um, development being unified and the users getting the best experience. I realize, though, obviously. Um, as a true OnePlus fan, as time goes on, you're realizing that the original version of OnePlus that we fell in love with has grown up. And now we just need to appreciate that it's old enough and it's an immature product and you need to let it, you know, kind of, yeah, I know I sound like a dad talking about his kid growing up and wanting to move out. I, I don't, I, I don't, I didn't really see that coming till I said it, but you know what I mean? It is that, that type of experience for sure. Um, awesome. Hope you guys would. Oh, hey, Marilyn's in the chat. I think I saw Marilyn, unless I maybe miss miss. La, 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 la. Yep, Marilyn Sabaho. Hey, <laughs> Marilyn's with us. Hope you're doing well. Glad to see you in the chat. Um, did you see Carl Pay uh, at MWC, which uh, uh, sparked quite a few rumors about nothing about a nothing phone? I did not see Carl. I have I, I've seen him in the past at other events and OnePlus events primarily. Uh, it would be interesting if uh, if that was a true conversation of basically saying that you know potentially there is going to be a, a nothing uh, the nothing acquiring a company that already has a phone and maybe coming up with the nothing phone kind of a thing. Um, the reality I feel like nothing is is still in a certain specific uh, area where they're trying to figure out what they want to do. Uh, the nothing one obviously were. Um, I would say kind of like a mixed experience. They weren't necessarily known as to be the best earbuds on the market, but everybody that has them has definitely appreciated and they love using them. So for me, it depends on what you where where we are right now. And I think if they do end up basically taking over a phone company or to bring in a new phone, it's going to be something that is going to be interesting. I don't think the the that the, the I, so I'll say this: the way OnePlus rose to fame is a very interesting approach, but it was done. In a, at a time where modding and, mod and, and, and rooting and, and everything was at its peak, and they partnered with a super popular ROM company. So Cyanogen truly helped OnePlus sh get to the point where we are uh, from the original invite system, from the original exclusivity functionalities that they were doing. And then, of course, as time went on, they started becoming a little bit better, more and more and more. That all started as an enthusiast. This is why we have these conversations about OnePlus. Nothing doesn't have that much conversation to be able to jump into that at this point. Other than the hype factor, which I think Carl Pei has an amazing um, 
I would say that, an amazing hype machine. If there's nothing, if there's no uh, no other way to describe it. It, it, it needs more. Nowadays, we need more than just hype. We need deliverables. We also need use. We need people to uh, be able to basically try out devices and be able to share their experiences. So OnePlus grew at, on a certain level of exclusivity and hype. I don't think that could be recreated at this point because more and more people are having more selections and more options at a much lower price point and, and more functionalities. Bang for the buck is no longer exclusive to the flagship killer. It literally is the motto from everybody. I mean, Poco is just the perfect example. They released an M4 Pro and a, an X4 Pro, both budget phone devices. But the X4 Pro, seriously, when we look at this, the price for functionality features there, it is absolutely on the, on the buyer side. You are getting way more than what you're paying for. And again, that's what we used to be mostly known for OnePlus, because at the time that they came out, there was no other flagship killer, right? They sold a $350 phone to the masses that were not Nexus devices. So there was a big difference there. Um, and they be, they were able to make that a, a functional thing and people enjoyed it. But it was primarily sold to enthusiasts. You remember, it did not start as a mass-produced phone for everybody. They were making them in small batches, making sure that they were able to sell everything. And that was the, the main sheer experience there. And I don't think we have that anymore. But I do see Realme doing much better in that, in that, um, in that spectrum because they've been doing that for some time and they're known for it. So again, I feel like Realme may be stepping into those shoes and we'll see how that kind of goes in there. Um, so yeah, uh, but I did see, I, I didn't, uh, so I'll say this, I did see online, uh, that, uh, yes, uh, Carl Pitt was in town. Um, but just for reference for everybody, if you haven't been to MWC before, MWC is massive. I mean, it's not as, as big as, uh, what I would say is like, you know, CES since CES technically covers all of Las Vegas kind of a thing. Hmm. Um, uh, MWC is basically comp composed of seven halls. And it takes you literally, if you just walk across them, I'm not saying covering them. I'm just saying if you go through one through one through seven all the way, it takes you about 10 to 15 minutes and that's on a fast paced walk. So that's how much uh, f uh, basically distance you'd have to go. So for two people to run into each other, it's literally hard and they would have to be basically kind of either looking for each other. Although I do, I will say that um, I did run into Linus uh, a couple of times and that was purely because we're interested in the same tech. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, for sure. Uh, Greg is asking here, should I, uh, should I flash color OS 12 on my OnePlus 8 pro, uh, poll? Uh, let me know. And, uh, and, well, and I'll share that on Twitter. Um, you know what? It doesn't hurt realistically. Uh, Greg, if, if this is something that you'd like to try, I think it's definitely something you can enjoy trying there. Keep in mind that obviously it wasn't designed for it. So, uh, I'm not sure if everything works hundred percent, but if, you know, if there was a, uh, a version of a software that is ported from one phone to another, um, Color OS to OnePlus should be the closest that you're able to get. As long as there is uh, the kernel sources and everything like that, and you're already on Android 12 from a previous build coming to it, that'll minimize the amount of uh, bugs and issues that you're on. But jumping between versions of Android sometimes uh, may require a little bit more work. But let me know. Let everybody know here uh, if if what do you guys think of Color OS 12 on the on the OnePlus 8. Uh, Ash in there, yeah, yeah TK, I heard, uh, um, I had pretty much uh, every Galaxy S ever, uh, and the S22 Ultra really disappointed me uh, so much, I, I'm, I'm uh, sorry, uh, so much I'm already mo I moved on. It is very weird. Um, like, don't get me wrong, the S21 Ultra had its, had its concerns, and I did, I, and I voiced my concerns at the beginning of the year, and that was mostly because of, I felt like I had a less of an experience coming from the S20 Ultra to the S21 when it came to the charging and all of the different things in there. But I'm talking about just normal usability. This is, I mean, 
and the reality is when we get a smartphone, you know, when, 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 let's say uh, Google released the pixel, right? Pixel needed a few updates for it to be able to, re to run smoothly as, as we were expecting it to be running. And a lot of tech companies and a lot of tech, uh, you know, journalists and so on started slamming Google for not being able to release a device that's fully functioning and running at 100% all the time and everything like that. And then Samsung comes along and they do the exact same situation where they're not fully baked in and there's still some issues in there. But then they don't get that same criticism saying that, you know, it's not something, you know, it's not their fault, but, you know, you should be able to hang in there and this is fine. This is Samsung. It's fine. Again, 1200 this is uh, by the way this is a 13 the $1300 versions of it so talking about a flagship out the door with pre-orders on day one uh, and because I'm on T-Mobile I'm going to wait longer to get that update because T-Mobile is not known for being a va uh, fast uh, update type of a or let's just say this they don't update their devices as fast as Samsung does and they're definitely uh, as an OEM or as a as a carrier uh, are always going to be baking in their versions of the software meaning you know some applications and so on uh, and my concern that I'm going with right now with them installing automatic app by their choice without selecting me or letting me know is just not right. It is absolutely not right. So on the trip, when I got those notifications, I uninstalled those apps right away. I went ahead. Uh, I didn't get a chance to go in and try to do, uh, I want to basically freeze their background process that allows them to go through. And I'm going to do that through ADB hopefully later today. But it is a little bit kind of bothering me the way that I, you know, I paid money for my phone. But at the end of the day, T-Mobile still has the ability of deciding what's on my phone. And that's not right. And Samsung allowing them to do that is also not right. So it's on both of them to do to, for this problem. Um, Marilyn says, I have the T-Mobile version as well. I do love the notes. Uh, I do love notes as well. I haven't noticed any Bluetooth disconnect issues. Um, for me, Marilyn, it was more about extended duration. So I'm talking about like, at one time I was watching a couple of episodes. So I had Euphoria downloaded. I had, um, I think uh, the Kingsman from HBO Max. And I also had a uh, nice guy, uh, not the guy, not a nice guy, the, uh, uh, man, uh, the Ryan Reynolds movie. I, I want to say a nice guy, but I could be wrong. Um, and then, of course, some, a whole bunch of movies on there. So I was watching a lot of content on it. And um, for me, audio, it, it would disconnect and reconnect for me on, on Bluetooth when I'm listening. But for my car, it just literally, I don't know why, it just calls get dropped out of Bluetooth for some reason. And I cannot connect it. So I go back in there and hit Bluetooth and I select my car. It wouldn't connect. I would have to hang up and go back. And something to do with the switching that's going on in there. Um, I've had it sometimes also when I've answered calls and it sends it to my watch as opposed to sending it to my Bluetooth headset, a few things, nothing that can be fixed with software. But again, it depends on how long you're using it. For me, we're talking hours of playback. So it would, I was noticing it because I was using them for so long and it wasn't because I was connecting to something else or I'm moving. This is me sitting in one seat for the amount of time on a plane and I should not be having that much disconnection. Let's just say that. But uh, I'm, I'm glad. Uh, actually, Marilyn, if you if you wouldn't mind letting me know, did you have any app, any notice, notice, uh, any notifications pulled through, pushed through that tells you basically T-Mobile is installing or adding new applications um, on your phone to help you to help the experience get better? Did you get anything like that, um, or did you? Or my question may be even better: When you set up your phone, did you let those devices, let those applications stay, like the T-Mobile Play? Um, I think the T-Mobile app and so on, all the T-Mobile standard apps, uh, did you leave them on the phone or did you uninstall them? Uh, I'd be interested to see what you say. Uh, Earl Owens, Bluetooth disconnects are not good. No, no, not, not when you're on an important call. But it, for me, it was more, like I said, it's just I didn't understand why it was doing that. Um, but definitely, yeah. Um, here, Finn jumping back is, I know OnePlus gives you um, a token uh, that lets you unlock your T-Mobile variants uh, to a global variant after a certain amount of time. Uh, 
uh, I think that makes more sense. I think for T-Mobile because it allows you to actually uh, do the unlocking on the for the bootloader. You know, when you're trying to do that. Um, I think OnePlus it still is holding to that, and I'm hoping they keep that conversation, uh, allowing us to be able to unlock bootloaders, changing ROMs, and so on, even as they get closer and more um, tightly, um, you know, in, in a more close relationship with uh, with Oppo as we go through. So for sure, uh, have locked bootloaders. Uh, <laughs> uh, Beerus is my favorite character. Yeah, <laughs> Lord Beerus. Yes, God of Destruction. Oh my God, because he kind of flip flops back and forth, right? Like he's sometimes super playful super easy to go with and then he can flip into a just a the god of destruction in a split second and just destroy a planet it's like or half a planet depending on how he feels on his meal yeah uh it's true samson exactly always always there uh okay so here jumping back with ash um this is a tk i think the, the hardware on these devices are fantastic that's true um, and there's really they're really pushing the boundaries of technologies, but software support, although uh, that's not a huge thing for me personally. So the reality, I mean, hardware wise, I think like we're way beyond what we need realistically. Uh, the, the hardware availability and capabilities are definitely pushing the limit of what we need, at least the compute power. But it's the software experiences I feel like we all live in on a day to day basis that we're starting to see more focus and more emphasis from companies like Oppo announcing how many times they're going to give you uh, software updates, uh, Pixel uh, trying to push that limit with their devices, having having the ability of using their own uh, system on the chip, of course, and of course other companies trying to maybe leveraging that conversation as well. Samsung extending their uh, their support lifespan on devices, so it's the software that we live in, and it's the software that's going to give us basically the experience that we expect. Software updates from one version of Android to another are also very important. Typically, that's where you start seeing some of the main headaches and what sometimes people feel like they end up having to change devices or get a new one. Um, although it's a simple reset, but back up your data and reset the phone could potentially just fix 90% of your problems there. But yeah. Dude, Dan, hey, Grounded Tech is with us here in the chat. Good morning. How are you doing? Well, thank you for joining us, man. Uh, Russ, hey, Russ is in the chat. Everybody say good morning, sabah to Russ and to Dan as well. Haven't seen you for a while. TK, <laughs> TK in the chat. Hope you're doing well. Uh, OnePlus 7 Pro uh, Sandstone is the best, best color for OnePlus, uh, in my opinion. Uh, I agree. Yeah, no, Sandstone, that classic Sandstone experience of OnePlus, I feel like has been carried every year when they release a new phone. There's something with Sandstone, either be it a case, uh, but they haven't been pushing it out as a stock color yet. So we'll have to see how that kind of goes. Uh, but we'll see. Um, only 800 charge cycles uh, through compares to the 15 to 2000. So Jimmy Fire Dragon, I think you're talking about the fast charging technologies. So the reality at the end of the day, when we talk about fast charging tech, right, we're able to, you know, it's like talking about a car that can do zero to 60 in two seconds. Do you drive it that way? Not really. Should you drive it that way? Not really. The, the point of the conversation when we have fast charging tech is to help us top off faster when we need it. OnePlus and Oppo both have, uh, and because of the unified experience now, um, they have overnight charging technology uh, built into their software's uh, experience. And essentially what that means is if let's say I take my OnePlus 8 Pro, right? This one supports 80 watt charging wired. If I'm plugging it in, like I'm say 9 p.m. at night, what the device knows that a this is a overnight charge it's not going to charge it at an 80 watt capacity it's going to charge it at a much slower rate targeting a 6 a.m or 6 to 7 a.m in the morning 100 percent capacity so you are going to be able to control that experience and i feel like juan and i were talking about that on thursday i think we may be at the point where we need to have a toggle like an option whenever we plug in a phone to a fast charger do you want to do fast charging or do you want to do slow charging with a better uh, life expectancy for your for your watch 
Uh, and the reality at the end of the day, I agree with you. Yes, fast charging definitely does impact battery life. Um, and it actually even surpasses smartphones, my car, my Tesla that I bought about a year ago, literally by the, in, by the end of this month, I'm going to be at uh, the point where it's uh, basically a year old. Um, I've gone now where my car used to be at the 90% uh, battery capacity it used to be 316 um, uh, miles. It's what the range essentially is. So 90% battery is 316. And nowadays, um, as every time I charge my car, and I'm not charging it supercharging anymore. I used to at the beginning, that was partial because they gave me a thousand free supercharging miles. Um, and that does impact the battery. So a year later, the car now at 90% says about 289 to 290 miles an hour. So if you think uh, 290 mile range. So if you really realize that I lost 26 miles on the battery from one year, less than about a year than when I've had the car. Now I got the long range, so it's not like it's going to impact me too much. But the reality of the matter is if you, let's say bought the car that's at 250 miles, or if you buy a device that has a 4,000 milliampere battery, you are going to start noticing that experience degrade over time. And that could definitely be because of the fast charging. And I don't know, I no longer charge with a fast charger. I use the one at home. It is a level two charger at 41 um, kilowatts at 41. Um, I think it's 41. Um, I mean, it adds supposed to be 41 miles an hour. I forgot what the rate, uh, but the, the long story short, it, it's not the super fast charging tech that, uh, you know, um, I was going to say one plus uh, that Tesla is known for. And that hopefully will help me basically maybe get my battery to last a little bit longer. But this is something that we have to keep in mind. It, it is new tech. It is something that's going to be coming out. Should you be charging at 150 or 240 all the time? Absolutely not. I think those are going to be for those situations that you need it. You forgot to charge it. The phone's about to die. You need to get out of here in 10 minutes. That's when it's going to come uh, come and help you and make things happen for you. So always understand. And, and this is something that I will be bringing up with every conversation I have with these companies, any company that's pushing out fast charging tech. You need to start to lock, uh, looking into software optimizations to help improve the battery experience and extend the battery life charging fast is one thing making sure your phone can last you the three to four years that you bought is another thing and you need to think of that as well so um oh speaking of which there was also the uh, so it's one of the biggest other announcement that happened obviously is uh mediatek announcing the 8000 generation uh you know of their socs now i haven't had a chance to play with the dimensity 9000 yet uh but it, the biggest thing obviously is we're starting to see more more options available for mediatek now this is more closer to the 865 and 888 kind of experience than it is to the uh, uh hn1 but definitely appreciate the fact that they're trying to jump in and provide us more options. Those are things that we we need more options and more. Uh, I feel like it'll be more uh, competitive in the sense of what we're going to start seeing competitiveness and pricing that may help kind of reduce some of those expensive devices prices as time goes on. Uh, 300 million a minute. Oh, my God. So for sure, uh, here, uh, Finn jumping back with the, I have seen a lot of complaints about the Oxygen OS 12, uh, but it's permanent, uh, but um, I personally can't wait for it to arrive on my OnePlus 7 Pro. Um, a lot of people on, on the 8 series uh, have, have had a lot of battery life with Oxygen as well. So uh, I will say that I did, did ask the OnePlus team over at MWC about what's going on with Oxygen OS 12 earlier generations. And they said that they've done a lot of improvements and a lot of testing, and it should be coming out very soon where a lot of these issues should be resolved on earlier generations generations so it oneplus is aware and they're working on trying to repair and getting sure that oxygen os 12 i'm assuming i guess by the time uh, when we start seeing the, you know the well i say when the oneplus 10 pro come out we'll be able to see some things there as well oh man a lot of cool things coming up um 
So um, Antonio saying is my relationship with Oxygen OS 12 has been up has been basically has has its up and down. Um, I love the features and it came from Ox uh, from Color OS, but I miss the Oxygen OS customization. Um, um, they just need to be, keep uh, listening to the community. And I'm hoping that they do. And I'm really hoping that we start seeing that the community on OnePlus and the community over on the Color OS forums start getting their comments incorporated on both ends. Sorry. Gotta gotta keep uh, hydrating a little bit there. But at the end of the day, we're, we'll have to see basically how these options kind of come up. Oxygen OS is not losing its identity, but it is going to be basically more of a a feature that basically you know, you may see something that are very similar on both ends, but we still are obviously looking for those customization options. I want to see more. Um, conversely, I actually, in a weird way, I kind of wanted to get the color picker option for the wallpaper customization out of the uh, out of color, color OS on on on, uh, on top of Oxygen OS. And I feel like that is something that should have crossed over um, the color picking. Uh, um, engine that they have since they're not using material U, that's going to be mostly for pixel smartphones i feel like that should have crossed over and i'm hoping that we'll see that in the future so we'll see how that goes um ash uh, so ash is jumping back tk you're uh, you're absolutely right tk um, i've said this uh, so many times people continue to say that they're having a bad experience although i don't understand how i've had a good experience with oxygen os 12 exactly I've had it on my OnePlus 9 Pro and OnePlus 9, and it is absolutely as good as I was expecting it. Now, if you are having a problem when you update from one version of Android to another on any Android device, this is not exclusive to OnePlus or anything, a simple backup of your data and reset and resetting the phone to basically go stock. Uh, sorry, when I mean stock, I mean just, you know, like fresh out of the box experience with the new version of the OS should fix almost any, any of the issues that you have. Very few times this will happen when an app transitions from one OS to another that may not have been optimized, or maybe the libraries for that app did not really run well, and there's maybe some corruption that may have happened. It, not intentionally, but you know that's what could be causing some of the experiences going badly there. Those things could be fixed and could be definitely uh, you know fixed with a, with a with a reset, or even removing that app and reinstalling it, allowing it to rebuild its libraries on the new uh, operating system. So at the end of the day. It, not everybody gets it, I'm sure, but uh, I mean, you know, bad experience is what I mean. Uh, so definitely, it depends on what you're looking at. And I'm I really excited to see what they have on there. Um, follower, of course, I understand not everyone is used to say like, I love that. Ash and I are on the same wavelength this morning. Uh, here. Uh, okay, so I think Jimmy's answering something with uh, seven. Yes. <laughs> Wait, how far am I on the comments? Hold on. What time is it here? Uh, da, da, da. Oh, you know what? I just realized this. I still have my my laptop set to Barcelona time, so it says that it's 7 p.m. in Barcelona, uh, which is probably closer why I'm looking at all my comments showing as 7. Okay, sorry. So sorry. This, yeah, uh, this is TK problem. This is me. It is me with the problems of not changing my time zone back to the U.S., uh, but that's how it goes. Uh, have you heard anything about Samsung throttling their galaxies? Yeah, Russ, I think we were talking about it earlier. Uh, it's... My thought process on any time when, when, when an OEM is trying to, in their mind, I assure you this much, uh, I don't think OEMs, any company that tries to throttle is trying to do it to be malice. They're trying to do it because they're trying to control the user experience, the usability or the the, the experience that you get from a Galaxy, meaning making it a little bit more, um, I don't know for the lack of a better word, in their mind, they're making the experience better, Okay. Uh, because I, there's no at no point and everybody says you know what we're gonna mess with our users today let's just go ahead and throttle a few things this isn't obviously their approach so their approach to it is more about we don't necessarily want to involve the users right now we're going to do it on the back end 
it's where it becomes a little bit funny because they choose to do it on specific apps and not on others. Now, throttling a, a benchmarking app is obviously maybe pointless because you don't want to damage your own image. But at the end of the day, those are the devices that are going to, well, those are the apps that are used to measure the performance. If you are throttling and everything runs at about 80%, but then your gaming uh, benchmark runs at 100, that's a false image. You're you're not being truthful in your representation. And I think this is where it becomes a very different thing. Samsung phones by default out of the box are throttled. You're not running the full potential of the 8 one or the 888 or the 865 or the 855. This is Samsung's shtick for, for the longest time. They throttle you out of the box. They give you a 1080p, whatever default 60 frames per second resolution uh, display. And that's how you're set. And if you didn't know any better, you were using a, a, a flagship device that was promised to have a QHD resolution, 120 frames per second, without knowing that you needed to go into the settings tab under display and you need to change settings within the different areas for you to get the full potential of it. But they know that their experience, their best experience on a Samsung right now is throttled CPU, whichever CPU you're getting, and the 1080p 60 frames per second resolution and frame rate is going to give you the best battery life, the best experience on a Samsung. Anything above that starts compromising that little, uh, that little gameplay. So what they're trying to do is throttle the applications to provide us somewhat of a more leveled experience because they don't necessarily feel like it's running right or maybe there's some issues in there. But they should be forthcoming with that and they should also give us control over it. Allow us to control what apps are running at a full potential and what applications we really don't need to have you know i don't need 120 frames per second running when i'm you know in my email reading my gmail going through it obviously i love it on twitter instagram and so on when there's a lot of scrolling but allow us to have control allow us to have better control and understanding of what's going on don't do things in the background thinking it's going to damage in your mind you're doing this to help us so therefore let us know that you're helping us you know although again sometimes help could be coming in different formats like i said uh, T-Mobile installing applications in the background telling me that's going to improve my connectivity. And then it turns out to be Facebook and uh, what is it called? Facebook, Amazon Shopping, T-Mobile Play. And then, of course, what was the other app? It was a, uh, oh, man, it was a fourth app. Um, hold on. Like, I could definitely bring that up. Uh, I, I posted the tweet over on Instagram, uh, on Twitter because I wanted to see. But it, it really drove me. It, it made me laugh because... It had nothing to do with that. Oh yeah, the app selector. So the app selector was the app that they used to install applications. None of them did anything for improving my connectivity, anything to improving my user experience on this phone, other than they installed and they got money for installing Facebook for me on my phone. Now, Amazon shopping, I use all the time, but again, those things are like interestingly, again, they're making money off of those apps, not me, right? The collaboration of having pre-installed apps on your phone, understand it's a collaboration between those companies and the OEMs, and they're making money from having that. There is a benefit between those companies for those apps to be installed, but we are allowed to uninstall them, and they're not, should, they should not be allowed to reinstall them without asking us first. This is where I'm kind of bugged with this, so we'll see. Um... What's your uh, color on any of the smartphone? You know what? Actually, uh, Finn, I, that used to be an interesting uh, conversation. So for the longest time for me, blue or green, I've always been more, um, I like blue colors a little bit more. Green obviously are also very nice. They're, they kind of complement each other very nicely. The last couple of phones, I am not going to lie. Uh, the S22 Ultra, I decided to go with green only because the blue color was a much longer wait time. That was like mid-March. Uh, mid but seriously... Ever since I've gone to the wider, the lighter colors on these, um, I've started to appreciate more that panda look that we get, um, and it's it's something to you have to kind of use you know using your hands to kind of appreciate. So for me right now, it's been running more of a color the the white, 
uh, back. Uh, ceramic is definitely very nice. Uh, on my S22 Ultra, I decided to go with the green one, uh, and that was also a very nice color. Let's see if we can take this case here without popping anything that we're not supposed to pop off here. Uh, let's see here. Da, da, da. Yeah, here we are. So yeah, like this. The S22 Ultra, definitely the very nice, of course, very heavy, full with blue dust. Uh, green color and I'm running it with one of these nice little carbon fiber let's see can we get it yep carbon fiber cases uh, that looks really nice so yeah for, for sure that's primarily the colors going on there as well uh, Ron jumping back hey man uh, TK uh, was there any one thing that blew you away at the show um, I kind of have like I mean there was a few I, I won't lie the fact that the under display tech uh, the in-display uh, uh, front-facing camera, <coughs> you know, and hold on, let me see if I can show you guys what I'm talking about here. This is something, and you know, one of those times when I really wish uh, screen mirroring worked as well as I was hoping for. So let's do this here, and let's jump into this one. Can we do this? Nope. Are we doing, are we not doing this? Oh, here we are. What am I talking about? So you guys are looking straight into my gallery. Uh, let's jump in here. Da, 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 da. Where are we here? Where are we here? Uh, no, we went too far. So let's jump back here. There's a lot of food pictures. And here. So this is, and let's see, can we do this sideways better? So here we are for you guys. This is that device that OnePlus, uh, that Oppo had on their, on their show floor. Can you guys see the front-facing camera? Like, seriously. I, I'm not trying to say make it sound like you know this is me hiding it. Let's zoom in even more. So here we are. This is the placement of the front-facing camera, and I'm not going to tell you if it's a front-mounted uh, camera or a side-mounted camera. I'll let you guys comment on that for me in the in the show notes. Uh, let me know what you guys think of this as far as the camera experience itself. So that for me was uh, although there was a lot of amazing smartphones being pushed out, tech like this was very surprising. Um, I was also able to see, uh, I think was it Xiaomi's, uh, they're, they're like mini, mini robot that they were doing that looked like a dog. It, it had, did a uh, basically stand on uh, stand up on its back hind legs and jumping. There's a whole bunch of things going on. Uh, the show has so much tech going on. It's really interesting to see what you're obviously going to surprise you the most. Smartphones, as as exciting as they are, they're very they share a lot of similarities. So you know what you know one device over another obviously will provide you different expectations and um, pushing the limits of what we're able to do. Having devices not necessarily needing uh, a punch hole camera or teardrop or you know any kind of things that can obstruct the view and giving you larger displays, better displays, tech like this that we see from uh, from Oppo. Those those are things that I'm really excited. Faster charging with better battery management are also things that I'm excited for because that makes it so that I don't have that anxiety and I don't have to worry about getting a full front experience, um, you know, front facing experience on the display. So full display without having to worry. And seriously, with the exception of what we've seen from ZTE in the past and what Samsung tried to do on the fold, this is amazing. Like seriously. Sorry about that. Um, Let's see here. Okay, here. Uh, Marilyn says, I do have T-Mobile Play Tuesday and vi uh, virtual, uh, sorry, and visual voicemail. Need to check uh, Need to check Tuesday and play before the uh, uh, deciding uh, to uninstall. So for me, T-Mobile Tuesday, if you, if you take advantage of it, again, it's not a bad app to have. I had it installed on my S21 Ultra. Um, it, the deals were good at some point, and but as time went on, it was more and more $2 cards here and there. It's not exactly 
it, it's a nice thing for them to be able to engage with us. But uh, the T-Mobile Tuesday is something that you can install and uninstall. And this one, they didn't re they didn't decide to install for me. T-Mobile Play is a streaming service that you, allows you to watch content through them, which I'm assuming is a, um, a revenue type of an app. Um, and of course, when we start talking about basically visual voicemail, that's more of a personal thing. Again, it's not. There's no ads in that app. It just allows you to download your audio, uh, your your voicemail as audio files on your phone, and it's great when you're traveling, so you don't have to call in your voicemail to get your voicemails. But again, you choose to download these apps, you choose to keep them, and you choose to remove them if you don't want to. What concerned me was that the app selector does not show up in the apps in the app drawer, so you don't see it as an app there. You have to go into the settings, go under apps, and select the T-Mobile app selector. And that's the installer. So they had a third uh, or secondary backup uh, application that allowed them to install things. Now, my worry about this is this. I was traveling, okay? And this was using my international uh, data over uh, my, my personal data to download apps I didn't ask for. So it it's, again, just goes against the premise of it's not it's not really your phone when it's your phone. And if they if, if your company or the company that you're using can just install apps on their own, What's to tell us what, what else are they doing in the background? This is my concern. I don't want to necessarily feel like I'm always having to answer. And I think this is where my concern was. Um, I, I, I decided to take advantage of a $200 additional discount when I was buying the phone. And I feel like I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about that right now. I am going to try to do some things on uh, over the weekend. If I'm, if I'm successful to stop this and allow it to limit the functionalities in the background, I, we may be in a better position. The updates, I'm not really too stressed about. Samsung and 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 you know and T-Mobile are going to just take their sweet time. I think it's T-Mobile that's going to take their sweet time. We know Samsung pushes the updates. It's T-Mobile, and it'll always be about a month, three three weeks or so late. Uh, what about the people who uh, who charge two to three times a day? So this is where it becomes a little bit different, right? When you're charging your device uh, two to three times a day, I'm assuming you're you're not necessarily topping it off at three two to three times. You're kind of doing more of a a jump, right? You're down to a certain percentage, and you're jumping and you're charging it up. Um, as time goes on, when you're using devices that have fast charging tech and the battery life is pretty decent, like close to 45 to 5,000 milliampere here, I think the anxiety over battery percentage is going to go away as uh, much faster. I charge my phones, or at least the, 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 the way I like to charge my phones is very straightforward. My phone needs to last me about 22 hours straight on a full charge and allow me to have a little bit more to carry on, If let's say even if I'm not using it. So an example would be this. I don't charge my phone overnight. I don't like to put my phone on the charger overnight. There's no need for that anymore. I wake up in the morning, five o'clock, whatever. I put my phone on the charger. It's usually charged up and topped up by what, about six o'clock or so. And it's off the charger and it stays off the charger for the rest of the day. Throughout the night, whatever I need, even if my battery is low, let's say I'm down to 30%, I won't charge it till the next morning. I don't want to have my phone sitting on the charger for no reason at all. So those are the things you want to keep in mind when you charge your phone. Try to see if you can get into that habit. Now, if you are if you are definitely getting into a position where your phone does drain much faster and you do need to charge it high uh, up and running, consider getting a backup battery, maybe running a, ba a battery pack as opposed to connecting it to a charger as throughout your day. That could also help you top off. And um, I've found that if your phone supports wireless charging, wireless charging can be a very nice way of topping off uh, as you're doing things and you're going around. Um, I have one in the car. I have one in, uh, obviously in the office in both positions. Like there's actually a charger right there two sitting back there. So when I'm sitting, I just put my phone in the wireless charger. It's a slower charging tech, but it does top off and it does help me not necessarily keep using the full potential. But if I want to, I could definitely charge it up very fast. Uh, although one other thing about the S22 Ultra, it doesn't really charge at 45 watts, which is also a bummer. 
because they kind of promised us that we were getting 45 watts at the 5,000. So yeah, for sure. Oh man. Uh, oh, graphene, ba uh, gra uh, graphene batteries uh, alongside with benefits. Yeah, definitely. I'm with you on that one, Finn. Uh, we, we want better tech. We want better tech on, on battery charging. Uh, Dominic with us here. I agree with TK. Fast charging is very bad uh, for your battery. And that's the thing with, uh, you know, basically, uh, specifically with, you know, with cars. That car uh, for the for the Tesla, although it does have the ability of replacing batteries, but my battery pack, if it ever does get to a situation where I need to change it, it's somewhere between fifteen to twenty thousand dollars on that car. It is literally one third of the price, roughly, about what the car is, and that's crazy. It's crazy if I ever have to get to that position. But the point of obviously is, you you have to treat the car, you have to manage the car, never charge it one hundred percent all the time. And I don't. I really only do that. When we travel, when we're going, like when I was going to Vegas in January, that I do definitely charge. I want to have the full charge, and I definitely charge it halfway. And I do rely on on uh, fast charging uh, stations when we were in Vegas, so that's something I, that may have attributed as well. But then when I'm home, I don't. I, I charge it maybe once a week, and when I have it dropped about 100 miles range uh, left, and then I let it charge overnight. And it does have a trickle charge because I don't let it run at the full 48 uh, miles per hour uh, charge uh, cycle. I run it at around 40 to 41. So not as fast as the full capacity, but it's still faster than charging it, let's say, with the level one charger that is included in the car. Sure. Uh grounded tech is jumping in so pixel says charging is uh, frustrating very picky uh with uh older third-party chargers it is it is it's 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 pixel it's it's the way they do their chargers so it, it's it's the frustrating part when you have so many uh so many standards on the market one of the reasons why i really appreciated the charger that came with the one uh, the oneplus 9 pro because it also supported not just the fast charging uh, OnePlus tech, but it also uh, fell back on a PD charging technology as well. So it really, that charger made it be functional for me on multiple devices. But uh, yeah, we'll have to see how that goes there. Um, yes, charging technologies are great, but it also too, uh, too early to be using the consumer's devices. And uh, uh, actually, so from what, what we heard, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Opal is looking to release some of these technologies soon. I mean, um, Actually, take that back. Realme showcased the Realme Neo 3, if I wasn't mistaken. And they did demonstrate uh, that on the show floor when we were uh, when we walked out from the uh, the actual uh, launch event. Uh, and they were also talking about like 140 to 150 watt charging. So that that tech should be coming out very, probably like Q2 of 2022, uh, or maybe even Q3. So I wouldn't be surprised if we hear about these things very soon. Um, I will say, though, uh, for people that live in the US, something to keep in mind. Unfortunately, because of the way our power grid and our systems are set up, it seems like I don't think we're going to be able to take advantage of those as much as I think a lot of people consider. Uh, in Europe, because they run at a much higher, so we run 110, they run 220. For the 110, our capacity at the maximum we're able to get it, even on the on the Find X Find Eight, sorry, on the Find X5 Pro, uh, the maximum you're going to be able to get is 65 watt charging. So the SuperVOOC runs at 65, even though it runs it supports 80. Uh, OnePlus is the same thing. It's 80. Uh, well, actually, I take that back. The OnePlus 9 Pro is 65, so that didn't change much. But I'm saying with the new technologies and everything coming up, we may also be hitting a bottleneck, and that's based on how the grid is set up. Um, US and Japan are both running at the same level, so it's something to keep in mind. Uh, but if you live in Europe and some of the other countries, again, they were able to plug this into a wall and get that uh, that 240 running beautifully. So uh, let me double check here. Oh, okay. So I think we're we're doing okay. Six seven to seven. Okay. So we're still about fifteen minutes or so late on the on the chat. I do apologize there. Uh, I think I saw Marilyn kind of commenting back. Let me see here. Da, da, da. Okay, here Marilyn coming back with. 
Um, I'm good with about 25 watt charger, fast enough for me. It sometimes uh, puts the phone on my, uh, on my, on a, okay, an ancient slow wireless charger just overnight. And I think that's the reality. I mean, we don't really, you have to consider the fact of how long are you thinking of keeping this phone and the fact that we can't really easily change the battery on these phones. Because uh, it is replaceable, but it's not cheap. And it, if when it is done, um, it's not something that is, you know, you, you don't want to have to do that, especially it, when you start noticing the charge and that it's not able to go all the way. Uh, TK, Samsung, Apple, Google should follow uh, these OnePlus and Xiaomi and other world by charging attack. Uh, and of course, actually, even Sony, man, Sony started this even ahead of these companies, uh, just learning about how fast charging should be done. And obviously, charging overnight um, does not need to be where you're racing to the finish line and you stay at that finish line plugged in throughout the whole night, keep trickle charging the char uh, the battery to keep it at 100. So those things, I'm sure, yeah, they need to definitely, uh, they definitely need to actually appreciate those things, of course. Uh, I think I saw somewhere here, Finn was telling me to say 7 p.m. Uh, is my time zone, TK. <laughs> so, uh, well, Finn, as you know, I was in Barcelona. So Barcelona time is CET, which is, uh, uh, I think it's GMT plus one, if I'm not mistaken. So that should roughly be around, yeah, where you guys are. Uh, I, I just, I updated my time, uh, my timing on my laptop because as I was, I was really, I was up very late. Uh, I didn't really sleep well on this trip, which is a weird thing for me. Um, on average, I was getting, at the most I was able to get was five hours and the least was two hours. And that was continuous from the point, from the day I got there. There were so many things, so many people, so many, uh, so much stuff to do that I really felt like I, uh, I I had to sacrifice the sleep on that. And unfortunately, I'm paying for it now, but kind of in a good way, well, not necessarily a good way, but like it's, I mean, I'm exhausted. I, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I would, I would definitely would love to be able to take a midday nap. But what I did the last couple of days, so uh, Friday, I think that. What do you mean, couple of days? I came in on Thursday night, TK. So yesterday was the first day. Uh, what I did yesterday is I stayed up all day and I was able to sleep through the night. So I slept on my normal time and I woke up at my normal time in the morning um, because I didn't really acclimate to Barcelona time. Well, I wasn't trying to, knowing that it's a quick trip. I knew that. It, I, I mean, uh, again, functional things can happen. Uh, but the short story is, uh, yeah, not enough, not enough sleep, which uh, helped uh, obviously <laughs> make me feel more exhausted than I should have. But it was exciting, and I honestly wouldn't replace that. I, I would rather sleep through the weekend uh, than miss a minute of what I was able to do at MWC for sure. Teak uh, is using European times over YouTube. <laughs> Uh, no, it's so as you guys know, as you imagine, right? I mean, anything that uses the that bases its representation on the time, um, it it obviously uses so um, Streamyard because it reads the time from my from my uh, my computer time. It's assuming that that's the time zone I'm in. So all of the timeline options that you guys your comments showing it, it shows at seven p.m. Uh, like right now, it's seven nineteen, and of course, I'm reading comments around seven p.m. So yeah, Dominic, I I'm a little bit behind on the comments there, but I'm with you there. I'm with you, man. Uh, LTPO would be very nice uh, for scrolling emails. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, on that one, I think every every device that I saw, both the the um, uh, what's it called, the Find X5 Pro, the the Red Magic 4 Pro, as well as uh, Realme 2, uh, were running LTPO. Although both the Find X and the and the Realme were both running LTPO 2, where uh, Huawei, not Huawei Honor was using LTPO regular LTPO on it, both 120 to one, you know, variable refresh rates. I'm thinking things are going there. Um, I think they're fairly far behind and uh, he's very far behind the comments today. It could be an idea if uh, we add TK to the start of, I think that would help. So I, actually, if you guys don't mind, it'll help me very much when 
because I realize sometimes you guys are talking to each other, which absolutely please do so as much as you'd like. Uh, it helps me uh, also jump in, especially if it's a response or so on. Uh, I typically look for um, where there is no at at the beginning, and that's typically how I know that that, that comment is to me. But of course, I, when I start reading them, sometimes I see that it's a response to somebody else as well. Uh, but yes, thank you. I think that's a great idea there as well. Uh, da, da, da. Let me, okay, so let's let's start skipping through. I got the uh, oh, the, she got the burgundy one and the silken case as well. I, absolutely nice. Uh, I saw that one as well. Uh, so yeah, uh, Greg was talking about the Xiaomi TV. Uh, they had a night. <laughs> it's a, it's a very interesting um, interesting t uh, TV that apparently has been out in the Chinese market for some time. It's about a six thousand euros or I want to say six thousand euro uh, TV that is entirely see through. The, the panel itself, if the TV is off, is entirely see-through. And then as you turn it on, it starts dimming and then allowing us to see the different decks. So I did a quick reel on that one. It was really funny because they had a butterfly flying through. So I stood behind it. I had a buddy of mine filming me and I made it look kind of like I was holding the butterfly from behind because you could see me and you could see the butterfly. It's it's very unique. Um, still interested. Obviously, I would have loved to see a demo of it uh, in more of a normal lighting environment at home. That would be something nice. For We'll see how that goes. Um, on, on the, on the fine. Okay. Uh, da, 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 let me see here. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think if you didn't uninstall them initially, I think it may, may not be the situation for me. I removed them the moment I, I set up the phone because I saw them. It, it told me what is going on, but I also saw it as part of the setup process. If you open up your notification panel, you'll see what processes or what apps are being installed. Uh, the T-Mobile apps, uh, although are not necessarily T-Mobile specific, uh, but by default, when I first turned it on, I noticed that it didn't have, let's say, uh, the, the, the My T-Mobile app. I didn't say uh, I didn't notice that it was installing the T-Mobile Play, a uh, few other applications in there, but the app selector was the process that was doing that uh, that installation, and I. I thought I had uninstalled App Selector, but apparently there's a secondary uh, software mechanism in the background that reinstalled App Selector, which started to install all these other apps. It should not be there. Bloatware is bloatware, and you should be able, you should be allowed to uninstall them and not fear having them come back just because you know the carrier that you're with wants them to be installed. But I'm with you, Steve DeRoche, man. Sabaha, 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 mon ami. Como va tu? So Steve, hopefully, is closer to my time zone realistically. But yeah, with everybody hitting us here, uh, we were we were having tons of fun with everybody kicking it with us this on this Saturday morning on the Android Bay. Uh, let me see here. I think I'm gonna see. Okay, Hamid, Hamid, Ahlan, Wasahlan. Hope you're doing well. Donald Zeno, man. Hope you're doing great. I haven't seen you for some time. Good morning. Uh, good afternoon. The show is uh, the breath of fresh TV. Uh, is uh, uh, yeah, as it it is always. It's hard, man. So much news going on, so many things kind of, uh, you have to kind of try to unplug as much as possible. Um, uh, does the type of batteries differ from company to company? Uh, yes, so this is actually a, an interesting question. Technologies between different companies when it comes to charging technology, it differs not only on the charging, but also the type of uh, the, um, the the chemical co composition of the batteries, but also the type of batteries that we're using. Um, Oppo, OnePlus, and Realme are using a split battery. This is something that is, is very similar to what Xiaomi is. And so what it means essentially is it's not charging one 5,000 milliampere battery, it's charging two 2,500 milliampere batteries. And obviously increasing the speed of the charging rate. What that allows them to do is not only split the time in half because it's able to push so much more wattage into it, but also the ability of charging this uh, charging these devices at a much faster rate. 
the 240 watt charging technology and 150 watt charging technology i didn't get a lot of details into what type of batteries that they're using if they're basically splitting them even more than they're just having two battery cells but the main concern obviously is it's just battery life and and, and benefit and they're rating them to be closer to a thousand uh cycles so it's a, a thousand times charging zero to 100 where you don't lose any battery capacity and then after that you start going down uh, but the rating that I saw somewhere around between uh, like it, the, the worst situation gets to it is about 80% battery retention. Uh, but long story short, yeah, you definitely get slightly different experiences or different batteries, uh, lives on them. Um, the one thing I will say, though, with everything going on, um, Huawei did obviously kind of want to make sure that kind of cover Huawei as well. Uh, Huawei's show and what they showed us there is something that is very interesting and which I will hopefully be sharing with you guys a little bit more. So I did I did actually get the, the MateBook E. This is uh, the brand new MateBook that Huawei just released. Uh, and it looks basically to be a nice Windows enabled. Uh, let's go ahead and see. Can we unlock it here? Uh, come on. Let's do this here. Okay. This this is to talk about. Oh, I think it's because I'm doing I'm doing this here. So let's go ahead and unlock. Uh, okay, so this is oh here oh that keyboard. So pa pa pa. And here we are. So yeah, Windows. Uh, basically, it's a Windows tablet that has a very uh, nice smart keyboard that allows it to become more of a PC. So it runs. This is an i5 Windows Home, Windows 11 Home Edition. Uh, nice functionalities comes with S uh, with pen support as well. Um, the um, what's it called um, honor hopefully at some point they said they will hopefully be sending us out uh, a magic 4 pro and i'll hopefully be able to give you guys some content on that as well um what else um oppo did uh, did showcase a few things as i showed you guys with the in display uh you know camera uh there was the charging technology that they had there oneplus hopefully at some point you know I'm, I'm hoping very soon we'll be able to see the oneplus 10 pro come globally as again oxygen os 12 is on there and it was running actually pretty smoothly um what else? Xiaomi did actually drop a couple of phones, the M4 Pro and the X4 Pro. Pushed a video on that earlier this week. Uh, and that was actually more of a budget type of an experience, but it's still more bang for the buck. So you're getting more than what you're actually paying for on that. And what I liked about it is that the X4 really performs very nicely with that 108 megapixel camera sensor. I will say, though, video on, the, on both of these devices are not necessarily as what you would expect from... I mean, when you when you say 64 megapixel and you say 108 megapixel sensor, you you are imagining great video, great photography. Now, on the photography side, absolutely, they both perform much better than what you'd expect. On video, I feel like they need a little bit more pro uh, process. Both are capped at 1080p, which is a limitation of the processors that they're using. But it is a little bit of a concern because when you're buying a phone, you're like, what's 108 megapixel? Always think whenever you see those high megapixel count cameras, they're really more focusing on photography than they are focusing on video. Uh, and video on this one, again, 1080p is, is somewhat limiting, uh, but I definitely can uh, hopefully see some maybe updates to that. And we'll be able to hopefully get better camera experiences a little bit there. But maximum will always be 1080p. Uh, so for those, definitely very happy. And of course, the Find X series, Oppo had a massive uh, demonstration there for those, as well as the, uh, the, the Find N. Uh, a lot of people were very excited to see not only Honor showcasing the Honor V, but as well as Oppo showing the Find N, uh, as those are really interesting uh, technologies. The, the Find N is closer... Uh, is more smaller form factor, easy to use, larger display. And the V is closer to what we've typically seen from like uh, other companies like uh, OnePlus, not OnePlus, sorry. Uh, what I meant to say is uh, like, you know, Samsung with the Fold as well as what we've seen before from Huawei uh, on their second generation iteration of the Mate X, not the first one where it was external, internal display type of an experience. So for sure, definitely much, much better. 
let me see here uh er hey ibrahim hope you're doing well uh sabaho tk hope everything's well late as <laughs> late for me dude i'm glad to have you with the with us here on the show i'm glad that you're doing good um here um I'm saying this is uh, Ali Kim T. Hopefully, I'm saying that TK. Uh, what was uh, what, was there any updates from on Sony Mobile? You know, actually, surprisingly, with the exception of the buds, the uh, the brand new open ear buds that they released, there wasn't really a lot of things going on. My anticipation of the uh, the basically the Xperia One Mark IV, and this is going to be the next generation going on, um, should kind of be coming up for us hopefully in the near future, or at least announcement coming up pretty soon, pretty soon. So if if history repeats itself. The way we've seen it in the past, which was somewhere around March, April, we'll see the announcement, we'll see the main thing going on. And then hopefully at some point in the summer, we'll start seeing some devices coming out. Sony runs on a slightly later cycle as far as release. So I would probably imagine more information from them at IFA than it is at MWC. So, but no, unfortunately, nothing from there on this one. Um, it is definitely very nice. It runs Windows. Like I said, it's a full Windows PC on a tablet with the keyboard. It makes it just so much more functional. And I didn't get a chance to show you guys, but it also has a the new Huawei pen that was sent to me. Uh, it's supposed to leverage or uh, showcase the experience of the super P, uh, super device uh, technology that they were talking about at the launch. That was one of their biggest things that they launched at MWC 2022. So definitely very excited. And I'm working on a video to try to put that out for you guys. Since I still have the P50 Pro, this is going to work very nicely between the two of those. Uh, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah, good morning, good morning. Uh, uh, like I thought, uh, <laughs> Hamid, Hamid is, uh, yeah, dude, absolutely. Um, he's just, yeah, he's uh, he showed up a little bit. It's it's getting back into the norm. I mean, I know last week we did the uh, the Android Bay. I did that with Juan Carlos. Although in hindsight, now that I know how badly my uh, my uh, my trip was going on on Saturday, I could have kept it at the regular time zone, at time and place, and we could have had the live stream, and I would have been at the airport just talking to you guys with a lot of background noise. Uh, but I, yeah. So, it, and but it's been a couple of weeks of changing things. So uh, from now on, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time is the standard time for, is the time for the show to start. So very much the same time that Juan starts the show on Mondays, just for me on Saturdays, and that's typically how I like to keep it. And mine goes for about one hour one and a half hours or so uh, i don't it doesn't it, i won't take too much of your weekends because i realize i'm intruding a little bit more into family time but depending where you are uh, although i realize it is seven something p.m in the <laughs> i gotta change my time zone it is but it is kind of cool though that i have an understanding of how uh, what time is it in the uk and how things are going there from there um let me see here anything other other comments in there uh, da, da. okay good so um, so we talked about Xiaomi, we talked about what's going on with Poco, we talked about Huawei and what's going on with the super device. Honor Magic 4 Pro, definitely very excited. I cannot wait to be able to check that out. Um, and of course, we're talking about uh, as well as what we saw from Realme. Realme did announce two devices, the GT2 and the GT2 Pro, and they showed us an early sneak peek at the Neo. Now, it wasn't a fully finalized version of the Neo 3, but it was uh, the body of the phone without everything else kind of working. There wasn't even, not, there wasn't even any camera sensors on the back. It was purely a demonstration of the charging tech. Uh, so definitely very excited to see some of the stuff there. Uh, and of course, I would love to be able to hear your thoughts of what you feel like uh, was your favorite uh, announcement coming up from MWC. Um, this for me was a big move. Um, this is me going there by myself. This is not me representing a company other than my own. And um, it was that was really a big move for me. I was very... Um, 
I mean, it, there's, there's, there's no way to basically make it sound like any, any easier, but I mean, it's obviously, it's a scary point for anybody leaving or not working with a bigger organization that typically can help uh, facilitate and open doors for you. So um, I am very gracious. I'm very happy in, uh, to, of all the things I was able to accomplish while I was with XDA. And again, uh, working on my own and trying to open up doors and trying to work with companies is always also very much a, a full-time job on its own. So uh, I, I will say this, uh, I think we're right around the time where we, we kind of like the TKception thing that going on, we'll have it, we'll, we'll start kind of uh, getting that right going on in the comments. Uh, but I want to say, of course, thanks for everybody for not only supporting, checking out, liking, commenting, and retweeting and all of that stuff. Uh, it helps and it helps obviously uh, kind of uh, extend the conversation. My hope my sincere hope is that the next show, whatever next show ends up being the show that I'm able to go to, that Juan and I go and cover that together. I really would love to be able to start working it as a team. Juan and I are, um, and, and, and this is something that I've always appreciated basically working with him and knowing him. He's a great friend online and offline. I'm able to, you know, converse, talk to him, uh, complain, or even kind of hopefully at some point, obviously provide him some, some kind of, uh, you know, solace and anything that he needs help with. Uh, but I, I want to be able to get a little bit more cohesive relationship and working relationship now that things are starting to open up again. So definitely CES 2023. I'd love to be able to plan something like that. We were originally planning for something for this year that didn't happen. And hopefully next year will be the, the thing for us. So with that being said, um, thanks to Realme for sponsoring me and allowing me to be part of the MWC conversation. Uh, without them, I um, it is very hard that I was would have been able to actually attend. Getting the the uh, credential wasn't as hard. Which again, thank you very much to uh, for every for for them allowing uh, YouTubers to be able to actually attend on their own merit, not necessarily having to be print media. Uh, and but again, thank you again very very much to Realme. Uh, the the GT2 Pro, if you have not had a chance to check it out and you have the opportunity. Definitely check it out. It's a great device. Um, literally some of the best technologies, great thermals when playing games, a great way of managing the 8 Gen 1. Um, and it just has so much more to offer. And it is truly a flagship from Realme and it is delivering and it will keep delivering. The GT2 is no slouch, but again, if you're looking for the best of what they have to offer at MWC, the GT2 Pro will be it. So let's go ahead and switch over uh, to the TKception, which I really miss. Um, it is, it is absolutely one of those really, really fun things to do and be able to kind of kick it off and get get things going with us here. So let me go ahead and I'll, we'll highlight Finn, Finn hitting us up with the TKception first. Uh, and I'll go ahead and share the screen. One, two, and let's do this. Right there. Thank you very much for everybody to hang out with us on the Saturday, the 5th of March. It, it is the beginning of a month. We have a lot more to go. Absolutely a lot more to go. Like I said, boxes were showing up as I wasn't here. So yeah, I, uh, I got my work cut out for me. Um, I am going to be starting to get some help on the channel with uh, a friend, uh, hopefully helping out to get me uh, help with the production and help alleviate some of my time to be able to focus a little bit more on the creative side. So hopefully that kind of works out. We're going to be testing it out for the next uh, couple of months or so. And for me, this is going to be exciting. Uh, Greg, thank you very much. Hashtag TKception, hashtag TKMWC Bay, uh, TK the man. Appreciate it, Greg. Always, always appreciate you guys helping me and, and supporting the channel and the content. Uh, as you imagine, uh, it's a lot of work doing one job. It's a lot of work to be the one person that does everything. Uh, I am real. I am realizing that I need help, and I am trying to reach out to some of my friends, and hopefully, you know, we'll make things work better. And uh, it'll also elevate the the consistency back on the channel, which I want to be able to kind of focus on a little bit more. 
so with that being said, a lot of our a lot of us here obviously can be kicking it with uh, when hanging out. We'll see each other again on Monday. Thank, uh, thank you to Ibrahim ER1980 TKception. Uh, better late than never. <laughs> see, it's like see, it seems a lot of, a lot of that coming on, but don't don't worry about it. Um, it is it is absolutely going on. Dominic Juan kicking it up all the way all the way as always tkception tkmwc bay tk real me bay um and tk super saiyan bay always so i represented dragon ball every day i had a whole different setup every day people were like in new shirts everything like literally on the always 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 as usual uh thank you very much hamid hamid for kicking it with us chemi torres as always um, I can't wait for us to kick it and, and meet on one of these trips again. Uh, I'm really hoping that um, working with Honor will start picking up again as I, I've really missed Honor and as a brand just to work with and I've been a big, big fan. And as you know, for the longest time, I was literally known as the Honor guy because I showed up to every single one of their events. So I'm hoping to be able to be back uh, to that as well. Uh, it, all of that stuff, of course. Jimmy Fire Dragon, thank you very much. Uh, TK <laughs> TK Babe. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually pretty good, pretty proud of that. Uh, at some point, I do want to start working with Vivo. I would love to get my hands on some of their camera tech. Uh, again, borrowing it from Juan was a very, very um, fortunate experience and a very sad one that I had to give back the phone, uh, and I did not want to do that. Uh, of course, Hamid, thank you, TK Sony Bay, of course, as always, uh, and everybody kicking it with us here. Sorry about that, TK HTC. <laughs> No, I I saw HTC. They had the HTC Vive. They were they had a massive booth, the same spot it was four years ago when I saw them last. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah, HTC we did not have any devices or anything kind of going on there. Uh, so you know, it's it's one of those experiences you kind of have to appreciate what HTC stood for back in the day. But but we all miss HTC for what HTC used to be. And I just gave myself a weird aspect ratio on the window. Sorry, one second. I do need to resize it because it looks weird. Um, and I also rea realized I also forgot to ch uh, tweet out uh, the show, but I'll say this. I am going to take the rest of the weekend to kind of relax a little bit. I'll push out maybe a couple of reels or so, uh, but I'll hopefully be back in full force on Monday morning, try to cover content. I have a lot of dev devices that I need to work on that, I that I'm a little bit behind on as well. I have uh, um, some, of the, uh, some of the hardware that I got from Joby which um, I'll share with you guys, of course, some content from that. Some interesting sliders. Like I know typically when we look at hardware, we always look at hardware like sliders, like they kind of go mechanically straight. This one actually is a uh, is a tilting. It actually does the sliding mechanism uh, on an actual tripod, and it just kind of goes sideways and gives you that nice motion that you typically want to look for. I'm also testing out one of their mic pros there. So there's a lot of things to come. Uh, an camera from Anchor, as you saw, the MateBook E that's coming up. Uh, so a lot more coming up on the channel. So if you haven't had it, and if you're new to the channel, like and subscribe, hit that like button and a button and share and share. Um, main content obviously is going to be always going to be coming up on my TK Bay channel, uh, as well as on my Tarek Bay for the Arabic channel. Uh, there is an audio version of this podcast that will be coming up very shortly after the show is done. Uh, so hopefully you guys enjoy checking that out if you want to be able to catch it on the replay. But otherwise, I hope that you're doing well. I hope you, I hope that you are well and that you try to have fun with your tech. Enjoy your tech as much as possible because at the end of the day, that's the point. Tech, tech is supposed to make our lives better. It is not supposed to frustrate us and it is not supposed to give us uh, you know, points in time where we have to like, man, I wish I didn't have this. Enjoy it. Have fun with it. Uh, I'll see you guys again for another show. Thank you, Donald, for kicking it with us again. Uh, Donald Lazino, TK, uh, TKception, have a nice day. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. I'll see you Monday morning in the chat over on the SGGQA with Juan Carlos. And of course, another episode next week for the best of our week with him. Take care. Bye-bye for now. I'll see you soon.